Hey everyone, Troy Sage here, your host of Real Estate Talk. And today we are going to discuss the real estate market in the Lake Elsinore, Temecula area with our special guest, Stephanie Waterman. Stay tuned. So on this episode of Real Estate Talk, as we discussed, I'm going to be interviewing agents across the country, and we are honored to have my friend Stephanie um, on Real Estate Talk. So welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thanks, Troy. I'm glad to be here with you. We want to inform the people in your area what's going on in the market and what you do and so on and so forth. So let's start with this. You know, Where are you at in the country? And then we'll get into the market. All right, so I am located in the beautiful city of Lake Elsinore, California, Riverside County, and I'm with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, California Properties. Nice. And our market is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that's like a little pocket just in the Temecula area, right? Absolutely. We are about 20 minutes uh, north of Temecula. Nice, and if, if I remember correctly, there's like, uh, you guys had a baseball team or something like that there we do the storm and the storm stadium so there's a lot of great activities here in uh, lake elsinore yeah very cool i've i've been to a couple of their games it's been a while but i've, I've been to a couple of their games it was really exciting so there's lots of stuff to do in lake elsinore but um most important let's talk some real estate so what's happening in the market there um it's specifically in lake elsinore or wherever you really focus um your business so in the past year, from uh, January through January 22, uh, the purchase price was 460. So January 22, $550,000. So that's a $90,000 increase. And also now, if we're looking in, um, you know, February last month, it was at 466,500 uh, in 21, and now we're at 570. So. If you have a home, you are definitely uh, getting some of that equity. So congratulations. Um, you are smart in purchasing. And, uh, you know, the market's just still booming, still booming. Um, days on market is about nine right now. And then our month supply is about 1.2. Uh, so but let me ask you this. Um, so with the market moving so fast, um, how, how are you working with buyers? What do buyers need to do uh, in order to get a house? It sounds like a lot of competition and not a lot of inventory. There is a lot of competition. Uh, we do have strategic plans in place when it comes to a very competitive market like this. Uh, we do know what we need to do for negotiations, talking to the listing agent, you know, going above and beyond, really uh, strategizing with the uh, proper terms on the contract so we know how you can get that offer accepted um, and then just being very communicative with one another you know so it does matter who you work with and we are here to uh you know strategize and, and make it happen excellent excellent so when you're working with a buyer um give me some ideas with the competitive market uh some things that that you're doing for the buyer that kind of sets their offer in front of uh, you know, maybe other offers. So how are you strategizing the, these offers? Absolutely. You know, the first thing that we want to do is uh, we will pull a comparative market analysis for you to make sure that we are within the price point. 
of the home because you know there's uh, things that you have to look out for appraisals, right? If you uh, put a offer in, you know, twenty thousand dollars higher than what the property is going to appraise for, then guess what? You're going to have to come up with uh, that money out of pocket, or we would use the appraisal gap, which is a strategy. So we are capping out the amount that you would pay, so you're not going to exceed the offer price. So that's one strategy. Um, also, we have an escalation clause if we need to utilize that, uh, which is basically the highest and best offer. We'll, you know, up it to, to what your offer is. That usually works pretty well. Um, and then when it comes down to your contingency periods, you have to be very, very strategic in the timeline. We want to shorten that time if we can, just to make it a, a strong offer, you know, um, earnest money deposit. Usually it's between one to 3%. Again, it depends on the property and how bad you want the property. And there's a list of other things that I can show you. Um, but that's some of the, the strategies that we do work um, with to assist our home buyers. So when you talk about, I just want to go back a second. When you talk about the, the appraisal gap and, and how you, you structure that, I, I, I heard you mention something about you, you kind of put a cap on or you do something like that. G give me an example of, uh, exactly how that works sure so for an example we have an offer um we would say that you, you want to put the offer in at 550 um you're not willing to go more than you know ten thousand over the appraisal so we would put in the contract that the buyer uh, will uh, pay up to ten for ten thousand dollars uh not to it the final offer price of $550,000. So that covers you for that um, difference. But hopefully it will appraise at yeah. the 550, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's a challenge. So it sounds like it's a safety net for the buyer. So they are willing to come out of pocket if it doesn't appraise, but they're also not going to pay more than what they actually offer, right? It's exactly. Exactly. You know, um, a few years back, I actually was working with a client that we didn't utilize that strategy because that wasn't a thing at that time. And unfortunately, they did have to pay out of pocket. They were okay. Um, but there's some buyers that would definitely be able, they would have to back out of it because they don't have those funds. So having an appraisal gap is definitely a, a great thing to do if there's an issue with the appraisal. Yeah, that sounds really smart to me because when it sounds like your competitive market, um, you've got buyers writing offers, writing offers, writing offers. And if they don't have extra skin in the game, per se, they don't have the money to cover the spread. Um, you know, if something goes wrong where the appraisal comes in really low, because we, we know, for example, an appraisal is an opinion, somebody's opinion for that day. And if you have a 550 offer and it comes exactly. out at 525, that's 25,000 out of that buyer's pocket. So, um, yeah, I think that's really cool. You, you, put a, you put a cap on what they're willing to do. And then really the market is what's driving the price. So if for some reason it's the market isn't pushing to that 550, right? Then, then they've got only so much out of their pocket as long as the seller agrees to that. So I think that that's a really smart uh, deal. Now you also mentioned an escalation clause. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. So the escalation clause, um, if we were to put that in your offer as a term, uh, that means you would basically uh, go ahead and receive the offers that they uh, have for the seller. And it's your highest and best. So say someone puts an offer at 559, 
then that means your offer would be the next one because you said the escalation clause was in there. Uh, and basically, like I said, it just really covers you um, that you would have the first dibs on the property if you want to pursue that. So, so they're going to escalate their offer higher than the highest offer. Correct. And we would be able to receive that documentation from the listing agent to make sure that they do have an offer on the table. So you are not paying more than you need to. Okay. Yeah, cool. And, and I'm, I'm going to guess it. So please, um, please inform me on this and our listeners that when you write an escalation clause like that, um, in California, you're going to cap that, right? You're not going to say, hey, we're going to go higher than anyone that writes an offer, but I imagine you're going to put a price on that. Like we'll go $500 or $1,000 or $2,000 above the highest offer, something like that, but not to exceed a certain amount of money. Definitely. Definitely. We can do that. Cool. Yeah. They, because as a buyer, you know, again, it's in today's market, uh, there's, as you're saying in California, there's a, there's a lack of inventory. So people are constantly outbidding each other. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that I've seen in a couple of different states is people outbid so high. Sometimes someone will write an offer $100,000 above list price, and then it doesn't appraise. Uh, and then we have that appraisal problem. So you're covering that in, in, your, in your appraisal gap um, a portion of your contract. And then we also see where buyers write offers and they mm -hmm. get beat by like $500. They get beat by $1,000. And they never know why sometimes. Sometimes the listing agent never, you know, calls the buyer's agent back to say, hey, you were only $500 off, right? They just, sometimes the agents are busy. They don't, they don't make that. Right. Um, you, you mentioned also. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think your, your process is fantastic. So it, those are some cool little tips and tricks for buyers that they need to consider that, right? That if they're going to write an offer, they have to. They have to understand the appraisal situation. They have to understand the um, the, the appraisal gap and the escalation clause. And, uh, and in California, you're allowed to do that. In some states, you just can't write an escalation clause. When it comes to those strategies, you know, I talk to many uh, home buyers, you know, during open houses and so forth, and they're having a hard time getting their offer accepted. So I, you know, try to find out from them, like, what's your what's your real estate agent doing for you? And then come to find out it's nothing with like what I'm doing <laughs> and uh, it, it, it matters who you work with. So really anyone that's out there listening, please make informative decisions on this home buying process. Um, it does take a lot of work and uh, it, it takes a lot of your networking of people that you know too, right? It works, it, it depends on your uh, lender depends on other realtors. So work with a local realtor that knows their market. Sorry, just needed to put that in there too, Shoy. <laughs> For sure. No, that I, I agree. I think that's really important no matter um, where you're purchasing a home. Um, and I've seen it in my own career where I'll have an agent from out of town representing a buyer for a property in a totally different county and sometimes in a different part of the state and they just don't know the market it's vitally important for buyers and sellers to work with a local agent because even from town to town and city to city there are different nuances i mean to really break it down from neighborhood to neighborhood community to community there's different nuances different HA rules different taxes different schools different so many different things so i that's that's a great point i didn't think about that it's really important for buyers and sellers to work with someone that, 
that knows what's going on in the market. Um, you also mentioned something um, that I wanted to touch on a little bit with you was um, contingency periods. So what do you mean by contingency periods for, for our listeners and our watchers is, uh, you know, when someone writes an offer, they're, it's, they're just not buying a home, there's time for them to, to, to walk away from the process or how does that work? So you have your buyer investigation period, that's to do like a home inspection, um, any type of uh, reports that you need to get done. If you're interested in, uh, you know, if, if there's septic and a well and all of that. So that's your buyer investigation period because you do need to complete your buyer due diligence. This is a, the most valuable asset and you have to cover your behind <laughs> um, just to make sure that, you know, nothing comes up in the end, right? So buyer investigation, top, 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 number one. Then we have the contingency period for your loan. Uh, we want to make sure that we are working with your lender to, uh, you know, guarantee that we'll be able to shorten our contingency period. We don't want you to be in a situation where, you know, we put a 12-day, you know, contingency period to remove that and we can't get funded, right? So I don't want to put you into any type of jeopardy there. Uh, so we have the contingency, we have the home inspection, and then we have the appraisal. And the appraisal, again, we're working with the lender and all those days can be shortened by a few days. If you're paying cash, usually cash is king. So some of those things you actually are just waiving on your own anyways. Yes, yeah. it sounds like there's a, there's a lot of moving parts um, and it's, it's super important that buyers and sellers, right? I, I can imagine that as a seller, um, if I'm a seller, I'm getting an offer and somebody has, you know, three weeks to get this done and two this done and, you know, 28 days to do all this. And somebody else writes an offer and says, we're going to get, we're going to do our due diligence. We're going to inspect the property and check the septic and suck and check the well or anything that has to be checked within say seven mm -hmm. days compared to three weeks. Um, and by the right. way, our lender already has us approved. All we're waiting on is an appraisal that's only going to take 14 to 17 days. Um, so those time periods where the buyer can walk away or change their mind for a seller become very important. And, and it sounds to me like in writing the offer, uh, as working with your buyers, you want them to be uh, ready to go, ready to pull the trigger uh, so that you're not taking this longer period of time because other buyers, are gonna act, they're going to put in the contract, Already. right? It's, 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 a, it's a negotiating tool, if I'm, sounds right. A hundred percent, a hundred percent negotiation tool. Everything on that contract contract is negotiation, and it you know how bad do you want the house is a question. <laughs> Don't wait if you love a house and you're already pre-approved. You need to move forward quick. And and, and speaking of pre-approvals, I want to ask you about this. I, and I talk to a lot of agents. Some agents, uh, well, each agent has their their own thought on it. You know, what is your thought pattern uh, when you meet a client? You're going to start working with them. How important is the the pre approval letter or the pre qualification letter? Or you know, what is your in working with buyers? Right. My process is obviously introduction first. You have to like me and trust me, right? <laughs> and if we have that connection, I want to uh, you know get your business, earn your business. Uh, first and foremost, though, yes, I do want to recommend getting a pre approval. Uh, because then we know exactly what price point you're approved for and, 
And I would hate for you to find a home that you love and then find out either you can't, you know, purchase it. So having that buyer consultation, again, that's actually the first thing. So have the buyer consultation, then working on getting pre-approved. Uh, pre-approval is a lot better than having a pre-qualification because you are going through the process with your lender. So pre-approval, top notch. Uh, usually those are good for about three months. And if it's past the three months, then we need to get you back in touch with the lender to, to work those numbers again. And we do need those uh, on higher end property showings too. Uh, in addition, when we do offer, when we do submit the offer for you. Well, so you something that that was that just stuck out to me. So when you're looking at homes as a buyer, um, what you're saying is there's some sellers who won't let people in the house without that pre-approval letter. Correct. The seller is requiring the pre-approval, right? They want a ready, willing, and able buyer to to um, to view the property. Uh, so it, it really does come down to what the sellers require too. No, and that's 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 great news uh, to be able to spread to buyers. You know, I, I think at times buyers, at least in, in my own case, you know, I look on the internet at homes all the time, but I'm not going to be taken seriously until I get my pre-approval letter. And it's, and in my opinion, it's never too soon to get the approval letter unless I'm really just browsing, right? If I'm just dipping my mm -hmm. toe in, into the water just to see what, what it's like then it's not important for me. And that's why we have the internet. That's why you have a website that people can go to and look at homes. Um, but when it's really time for rubber to hit the road, it sounds to me like you're saying you have to have everything lined up. So when you do see that home that, that you want, everything's in place. It sounds like you're, uh, you build the relationship or talk to the lender. So you guys are communicating on a regular basis. You and the buyer client are working on a regular basis together. So that when you submit that offer, it's a solid package uh, without any loose ends. Right, and when you're talking about a solid package too, like I mentioned, I'm very, very communicative with the other uh, agents, the listing agent. Uh, if it's a local agent, normally I know them anyway, so we already have that great rapport. And the complete package, having everything laid out in an email, letting them know, you know the purchase price, if there's an appraisal gap, uh, escalation clause, contingency period, if it's not a contingent sale. So again, when it comes to contingencies, uh, some of these uh, potential buyers might have to sell something. And we sure don't want to put them in jeopardy if they can't sell and they want to buy that they're not going to lose out on their earnest money deposit. So there's so much involved with the real estate transaction uh, that not everybody is aware of. <laughs> you know, that's why we do what we have to do. And we're educating ourselves and, and, and learning a lot, right? <laughs> sure, for sure. So you just touched on something else that I think is interesting is there are buyers right now, and I think the National Association of Realtors, their statistic is 35 to 40% of the buyers looking for homes in the market right now have to sell their current property. Give me an idea or give the listeners an idea when somebody has to sell something prior to purchasing so that there, there's a contingency clause in there is what I'm hearing. Yes, there would be a contingency clause. And the way the market is right now, there's not a lot of sellers that are necessarily interested in a contingent offer because there's a whole bunch of buyers already lined up for that property. Um, so you need to make sure that if it is gonna be 
contingent and you are definitely interested in buying, your property for uh, needs to be immediately put on the market. So yes, getting it on the market is number one, and then working uh, that into the contract to make it a contingent offer would be number two. And also speaking with the, the listing agent, because not all sellers want contingent offers at this time. Yeah, it's it's sounds like uh, very, very intricate, right? If a seller has, a buyer is also a seller and they have a property that they need to sell, there's a lot of moving parts and things have to be timed out just right or yes. somebody loses money somewhere, whether it's the market Correct. Or, or the buyer losing their deposit because they didn't get their homes. Right. Period of time. And normally too, when it comes down to the uh, contingent properties, we want to make sure it's they closed concurrently too, right? Uh, making sure that there's not going to be a delay because we sure don't want to be homeless <laughs> in this transaction. Oh, another good point I want to make is uh, some of these offers that are being um, accepted is uh, allowing the, the, the sellers per se to be in the home, which is like a rent back. So that's another popular uh, term that we've been putting into contracts too. Wow. So right? yeah. if someone's looking to a lot of moving parts then so yeah so if somebody's a lot so if somebody is at their home and because they're moving fast what you're saying is that there's there's a uh people are offering sellers to stay in the property after they no longer own it correct yes the rent back and some of them may need a month some may need two months some might be negotiable and that's one of the most popular things that are taking place here in California, in our area. Wow. Yeah. So even when you're buying a home and you found a home, the seller may have to stay because they're not ready to move yet or whatever the reason is. Correct. Right? Maybe they're looking mm -hmm. for a home or they're moving out of state or they're, you know, whatever they have going on, they may need to stay. So as a buyer, the buyer has to consider the fact, especially if they're renting, right? If they're a renter and their lease isn't up for, if their lease is up in, in 30 days and they're buying a home and the seller has to stay, they have nowhere to go. And that's the only way the seller is going to accept the offer. What is that buyer going to do? What are they going to do for another 30 days or 60 days or 90 days? Correct. And that's where that rent back comes into place. And it's been pretty successful for most people having that option on there. Well, that's a, that's a lot, a lot, a lot of moving parts. So Stephanie, you are fantastic. I appreciate all the information that you're sharing with me and sharing with our audience. Um, this has been extremely educational. It sounds to me like the market is just thumping in Lake Elsinore. Um, you know, sellers definitely have the advantage right now. Uh, just remember as listeners and viewers that real estate is cyclical. This will change. It always does change. Um, if you've listened to the podcast in the past, you know that interest gone up a little bit so things are starting to shift but things are not changing there's there's no need for anyone to have a fire sale as stephanie said you know there's 20 to 24 25 percent equity in just one year elsinore so there's not a seller out there that has to sell they're not in trouble and they're not going to give the home away because there's more buyers than there are uh, available properties i wanted to also mention really quick uh even in the last month there's been 20 percent uh twenty thousand dollars sorry twenty thousand dollar increase in the the last month in Lake Elsinore. So, I mean, unfortunately, if you wait, 
um, you might be at the point where you're not going to be able to buy. So this is a great time to invest. If you have equity, you know, look into purchasing another property so you can use that as a rental. And don't wait. Don't wait. The market is not going to be a foreclosure market anytime soon. It's only increasing, as you can see, and interest rates are slightly changing. Um, but that was prior to COVID anyway. So, you know, there's still a lot of opportunity out there for you guys. Oh, that's fantastic news. So Stephanie, give us your contact information so anyone listening or watching can reach out to you directly and uh, work with a true professional that, that knows what's going on in the market. Absolutely, Troy. Thank you so much. So again, Stephanie Waterman with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, California Properties in beautiful Lake Elsinore, California. My direct phone number is 951-805-2992. And check out my website at stephaniewaterman.bhhsbaproperties.com. Last but not least, email is watermanrealtor, the number four, the letter U at gmail.com. And Troy, it has been such an honor to have this uh, little meeting with you as well and the listeners. And I appreciate the opportunity and I do look forward to earning everyone's business here. Awesome. I appreciate you being here and we'll have you on again. Keep me in the loop of what's happening in like Elsinore and uh, we will keep updating uh, the viewers and listeners. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Sounds good. Thank you. As you can see, the market is absolutely crazy across the country. We just got a fantastic update from Stephanie, and the market is on fire in the Lake Elsinore, California area still. If you or anyone you know that is in the industry, whether you're a real estate agent, a lender, a vendor of any type would like to be on our show, reach out to me. I'd be happy to interview you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for watching our videos. And as always, my friends, make it a great day.